I was panicked. Oh my god! I was okay. Fixing my headphones. <laughs> New challenge in life is just to see if I can make Cassie panic every week. Heart palpitations. Just. I thought she was ready this time. I thought I was doing it fine. And then I started counting and she goes, oh my God. (laughs) My headphones, I decided were like way too, like they were like sitting down here and my ears are like (laughs) up here. It wasn't where her ears are meant to be. (laughs) No, according to my headphones, they were my ears are on my jawline. So. Unacceptable. (laughs) Go figure. Yeah. Anyway, everybody. Welcome back to Oddities. I'm Cassie. I'm Kelly. And you want to take the rest of the way so we can be like a 50-50 here? And welcome back to Strangetown. Do, 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 do. All of our stuff is linked down below. Please follow us on social media if you want to support the show, which you should because we're having fun over there on Patreon. You can subscribe <laughs> for just a dollar. Come on. Come join the party, friends. Dollar, dollar um, bills. Dollar make you holla. Um, right. <laughs> amazing shout out to our amazing uh graphic designer Lindsay bidwell who designed all of our new merch and has some great stuff in store for us uh we're very excited check her out if you need some work done hire her um i think that's it i think you did it check 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 check, check. check. we've had a week off of recording y'all we have i was in nashville (laughs) how was that (laughs) it was a lot of fun uh well it was a lot of work is what it was with brief glimmering moments of fun. Unfortunately, we didn't get to like, I mean, because I've always wanted to go to Nashville. We didn't really have the time to, I was there for work. So, you know, I, I, we didn't yeah. have the time to really go and explore. Uh, so Corey and I will definitely have to go back. I am ill. <sighs> Pardon me. I have a small cold because this is what happens when I'm very, very stressed and then everything's over. And then all of a sudden my body's like, we can relax now. And we can let but in you're gonna all be of sick. the germs. Yeah, we're going to be sick. So, um, yeah, but the um, the event went very well. This was one that I was, I've been very, very stressed about because I was building an app for it. And, like, over 500 people were going to be using it at one time. And it was like we had, like, six weeks to build this thing. And it was just, like, crazy. But it went very well. It but went, you did it. And I am so it. proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. We did it. And a uh, big shout out to, to Workhorse <laughs> Development because they are the uh, dev company I worked with. And they're amazing. And um, the end. That's, I mean, that's really, end, my parents are here right now. So it's always good to see them. And after we're done recording, we're going to go to this really freaking good Mexican place for lunch. Hell yeah. Oh, we're jealous. We're <laughs> jealous. Michael and, I were ju- <laughs> Michael and I were just saying last night how badly we want some really, really good Mexican. And it's so good. Like living in Southern California, this should not be a hard thing to find. It shouldn't. But for some reason in our area, <laughs> it is. And we're you know, a little perturbed about it. (laughs) Yeah, this is, this is called, it's called Plaza Azteca. It's authentic Mexican. It's really good. I like their birria tacos. It's really, really good. So, and they always put it on corn tortillas. So it's like safe for me. Even better. Delish. What's going on in your world? What's the latest and greatest? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot going on. I did just start following a page about the paranormal happenings in my hometown. Oh, good. And there's so much more cult activity than I ever knew about. Dude, California seems to be like <laughs> the cult location. It's either like the deep it's south just, or California. <laughs> I, I, I was like, 
okay, but why my town? I'm confused. And, you know, <laughs> here's, I'm just, I'm going to, like, dip my toes in for a little sneak peek to what's to come. But Poltergeist was filmed in Simi Valley, mm-hmm. where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of people say that that's, like, a horribly scary movie. I don't agree. No. The things that happened on that set, though, that's scary. Yeah. That's very scary, which apparently there's a lot of stuff filmed in my hometown. I did know that, but apparently a lot of creepy things happen while filming there. So that's to come, everyone. Wow, dead people, mm. like galore in Simi Valley. I see dead people. That's very exciting. I mean, it's also Spookula Bookula, but the two tend to go hand in hand for me. Yes. You know. Yes, 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 yes. and Spookula Bookula all at one. That's cool. Yeah. How's how's everything else aside from your hometown being, I don't know, a hotbed for supernatural Haunted. activity? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything seems pretty good. Um, it was weird. It feels like, I mean, we, it's only been a week, but I don't know why it feels longer than that to me. <laughs> yes. This week has been about 75 years long. <laughs> right. Um, which is weird because for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, but like January seems to go on forever. It didn't feel that way this year. And it seems like February feels like it's going forever now. Okay. For me, both January and February have been a combination of two minutes long. Like they have just, you've been building an app. Never mind. I have it, but yeah, things have been like extremely, but yeah, I could see, you know, if that, if I didn't have that going on, yeah, I think I'd probably be in the same boat as you. Oh, I do have one funny thing to share when you're sharing what's going on in your world. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Of you're gonna love this shit because this is only me. I, you know, flew into Nashville and I called for an Uber to take a, me to the hotel. My Uber driver, his name was Bernard, by the way. Hi, Bernard, if you're listening. Oh, I love that name because I I did tell him about this podcast. Of course, you did. <laughs> the entire the entire drive, we discussed conspiracy theories. <gasps> Like, did you give him five stars? Please tell I me gave you gave him, him five, five stars. I, I gave oh. him five stars and I gave him a 5% tip, I think. Or no, I gave him a $5 tip. And the, the, the drive, just for reference, was only 10 minutes. <laughs> but, but you packed it with conspiracies. I was like, damn, Bernard, you know your fucking audience. Like, he saw my I hope he's listening. I hope so, too. Hi, Bernard. I hope you're doing well. Hi, he's Bernard. very nice. And he was very patient because, by the way, everybody, if you fly into Nashville, the fucking place where you go get picked up by your Uber is not outside of baggage claim. It's like a million fucking miles away and really confusing to get to. Oh, that's frustrating. Very patient. He waited for me. He guided me over the phone on where to go. Snaps for Bernard. Snaps for Bernard. Seriously, I hope he's listening. Oh, my gosh. If you're listening, Bernard, please, like, comment on our Instagram, please. Please, please, please. Follow along, (laughs) Bernard. But, like, I couldn't – I was like – I got – out of the car when I got to the hotel and I just like sat for a minute and I was like, only me. Like this was, this was meant to be. No, that, yeah, no. <laughs> That's definitely an only Cassie moment. Just conspiracy theories for like 10 minutes straight. while We, we need to make Oddities business cards so that when you're talking about us to, you know, Uber drivers, I just know. slip them a business card, slip them a Here, QR code. My, yeah. Scan this. Give us a listen. Subscribe Bernard. So. Anyway, I love this way too much. (laughs) God bless Bernard. So anyway, that was uh, I just had to share that because I know like I knew you would appreciate it. And I also know the odd fam would appreciate that because I mean, what are the fucking chances I get into the the fucking Uber with somebody who's like a conspiracy theorist, like extraordinaire. I'm going to bring up what 
the oldest said, because I don't think we've talked about it, and I think it happened after, or Roz oh getting yes. ready to leave. Probably. So my oldest comes walking into my room, and <laughs> he's like looking up, and he's kind of walking funny, and I'm like, dude, what's wrong? And he's like, I'm following the ghost hole. <laughs> I have a lot of questions here. First of all, child, you've brought a lot of paranormal things to me. I need you to calm it down. <laughs> Second, what the hell is a ghost hole? What is a ghost hole? Do you have a fucking ghost vortex in your house? And it I have so many questions. And like, to top it off, we you haven't heard this one yet. My He had an eye appointment this week and he's talking to his doctor and she's amazing. She always converses with him. And he's like, yeah, I like following the shadow people. What the fuck? And that one, that one threw me off. And I was like, uh, what do you mean, buddy? And so this time he goes, when I rub my eyes really, really hard, I see shadows. Oh, he has like fluid. And I was like, oh, that's, that's like a normal thing. Oh, oh Jesus. That but was, his that doctor and I shared a look. <laughs> I was just going to say, what did she say? She's just she she was like as equally as intrigued and wanted to know what he meant. She's like, great, <laughs> she's, do tell. She, and then I feel like she spent a little bit extra longer checking his eyes. Probably a good move. Probably good. But I mean, I'm not upset by that. I do need to know what a ghost hole is, and I do have yes. to share that when Kelly sent me this message, my first response was, "I thought he was talking about glory holes." So. Oh. <laughs> Too young to know what that is. <laughs> so that's no. where we're at. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, now that we're 10 minutes into our lovely banter. We're right on time here, as per usual. Timeliness. Um, would you like to go first this time? Sure. I mean, I think mine's a little short, um, okay. but it's definitely interesting. Oh, good. Hit us. <laughs> So, um, I'm covering the blue Fugates today. I don't know what Want to, like, is. take a guess what that is? Like, what comes to your mind? I'm curious. I figured it might be, like, a weird name for, like, a forest or something, but I think I'm probably way off. It's a family located deep in the Kentucky mountains. Well, should have known, of course. And they have blue skin. Oh, I know and no, a little this bit about was this. not the inspiration for the Smurfs. <laughs> Smurfs. There was also a blue man in the five people you meet in heaven, that book. And his was due oh. to uh, well, let's see if it's due to the same thing. Carry on. I, I feel like it might be. I think it might be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so in, ni- in 1820, a very unique na- man named Martin Fugate immigrated to the United States from France. He wanted to settle down for a new life in Troublesome Creek. And by the way, First of <laughs> you all, will never catch me living. I'm like, I want to live in Troublesome. No. If it has trouble not. in it, no. <laughs> also, Troublesome Creek. First of all, I guarantee they pronounce it Troublesome Creek. Second, it would not exist anywhere except for Kentucky. Tell me that's not the most Dude. fucking Kentucky name you've ever fucking heard of. No, it is. It is. Troublesome <laughs> like, Crick, the same. Kentucky. Like, and you're not wrong. It probably is Crick. I'm going to get you a tiny little banjo. I need like the world's smallest. I need like a, you know. 
just like that. That's what it sounds like. I wish like. our listeners can see you sometimes. Me too. Um, <laughs> we'll start. We'll put it up on a YouTube channel. Let's get it started. In that time, uh, the United States offered free land to people willing to settle down there. So he took advantage <laughs> of that. Um, when he was that. born, his skin was shockingly different, and his family ultimately abandoned him in an orphanage when he was a baby. Oh. oh. They just could not handle raising such a different child. So he was blue from the get-go. He was blue from the get-go. Same. Okay. Um, so when even as an adult, he opted to just settle in the wilds of Kentucky where no one could see his face. But, um, <laughs> you know, he eventually found love oh. and married a red-haired woman named Elizabeth Smith. Hmm. Even though they were from different countries, the odds were probably a billion to one that they carried a recessive gene for an extremely rare condition known as methemoglobinemia, which is what Close causes enough. the blue skin. Okay. Anyways, uh, Martin Elizabeth Fugate would go on to have seven children together. Holy shit. Four well. of them being born with blue skin. Oh my goodness. Okay, so this is not the same thing. No, it's book, not. By the way, no. His was from okay. a chemical. I'm like really shocked. I thought it was going to be the same thing. I'm not going to lie. Not. So this is interesting. <laughs> I'm learning something new. This is cool. I didn't know this existed. Um, four of them were born with blue skin. Even those who looked normal were carriers of the recessive gene that caused this disorder. Despite having this incredibly different color skin, they were physically just as healthy as anyone else. If not better, they lived to be in their 80s and 90s without ever suffering from any diseases, including from the heart or liver. Holy shit, especially given the time, too. Right? So that's actually pretty good for the time frame. Yeah, yeah. That's shockingly good. When you say blue skin, I mean, like, how blue are we talking? I'm picturing, like, Cedar from Doug. I'm going to take a moment here and just say, Cassie, you should Google it. Okay. And everyone gets to hear your reaction. Blue fugate. Yes. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh, look at that. You know, in some instances, he actually looks almost gray. Yes. Depending on the, like, the lighting. So it's like a, it's, wow, that's, Wow feel so sad that he had to go and like hide right wow okay that's that's fucking blue like we're (laughs) this is like smurf city holy shit i feel terrible this guy was probably so self-conscious and and his kids too jesus okay damn everybody Um, if if you see somebody blue skin fucking mind your own business just be nice to them be nice to them gosh um at that time, the group of people who took advantage of the land grants and founded the village of Troublesome, Troublesome Crick, that's right, was uh, incredibly small. There was only four other families besides the Fugates, um, such as the Combs, Stacy, Richie, and Smith. Most of the founders were already married. There was not enough single people going around for everyone of their children uh, to have a partner. So oh. one of Martin and Elizabeth's sons. Zachariah married Elizabeth's sister. Yes. Oh. He married his aunt. Okay. Well, uh, this, this close relation. Kentucky. Yep. <laughs> this close relation triggered one of the bloodlines with the highest percentage of this 
recessive gene, um, and it made it so strong that the blue skin lasted in their family for uh, over 150 years. Holy shit. All right, kids. Well, uh, here's a lesson. You know, incest does not make the world go round. Okay. No, let's, it does not. Let's not have us some incest in the morning. Let's not have it any time of day. <laughs> I was about to say just the morning. There's there's never a good time for incest. Let's be let's be yeah. Uh, normally, this recessive gene is so rare that this condition uh, would no longer show up in the children of the next generation. But the town of Troublesome Creek was so small. They did even, um, they didn't even have like official roads, small. Oh my um, God. People lived in log cabins, were closely clustered together, and they would never, uh, there would not be a railroad anywhere nearby to bring in new people. <laughs> so, oh my God. There was a lot of inbred. Big Kentucky in the energy. Family. Um, the people that were born with blue skin were embarrassed, and even though their families accepted them, they knew that the rest of the world would not. For this reason, they did not want their picture taken. They did not want to become the subject of medical experiments, so they continued to leave, live deep in the woods for fear of being called out, called a monster. Some of the pink skin family members did move away in the 1900s, but for those who stayed within their comfort zone of Troublesome Creek... It only forced them to continue picking someone to marry from their families. Oh my god. This meant the blue skin kept coming in every single generation. And you said for like over a hundred years? This... Over a hundred and fifty years. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Um in nineteen sixty there was a family or there was a hematologist, which if our listeners don't know, that's a blood specialist, who became obsessed with this family. I mean I like, can see why. He, he heard of them and wanted to meet them, wanted to be near them, wanted to run tests, and he moved close to Troublesome Creek knowing that that's where they were. And one day, just like ventured into the forest in like determination of finding them, he finally spotted a blue-skinned person and yelled, "Stop! I want to speak to you. Don't run away." So naturally, they ran what, away. Yeah, what what reaction would we expect to that? I mean, really? <laughs> this was Dr. Martin Cowan. Um, he ultimately earned the trust of the family, and he did publish a um, publish this case in the medical journal. Um, this caused more curiosities to the family. So eventually, mm. you know, they were not living peacefully. Okay. Okay. Um, that sucks. <laughs> there has not been a case of blue skin people since the 1900s. Globally? Like just globally Holy or shit. nothing, nothing that documented. has been documented yeah. okay. specifically, but, um, so this I is mean, like I incredibly have... rare, you know, unless you go yes. ahead and inbreed with your town of five people. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. You just okay. don't do that guys. But just don't do um, that. Um, Dr. Cowan ran blood tests, which confirmed that the Fugates were also missing the same enzyme. Um, So he created a substance called methane blue, and family members agreed to allow him to eject them with it. And the doctor called this electron donor, Mm -hmm. 
which carried the oxygen to the blood that they were missing, and for the first time in their lives, the siblings began to turn more of a normal shade of pink. Interesting. So there was, like, a cure mm-hmm. for them. And um, one of the photos that I see, they have, like, a pink-skinned mm-hmm. next to their... And their skin looks a little bit more gray at that point. Okay. Um, and a little bit, like, at this point, you can go out and not be stared at. Okay. So and very not be faint. like, yes. Okay. Um, several of the Fugate family members were interviewed in a medical book called The Traits and the Fates, and all of them Same. eventually came to accept the color of their skin to the point where it was normal. Most of them shrugged it off, saying it's common, it's nothing, at least for to their family, it was to be expected, and they still loved and accepted each other. To them, all that mattered was that everyone in their clan lived a long and happy life, which they all did. Well, yeah. They all have lived a very normal, normal for, I mean, and I'm normal. Let's get into that. Normal for how much inbred. I don't, there's yeah. not a nice word, but it's for as much incest as there was with this. Yeah. I'm surprised that there wasn't any more medical issues. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm surprised too. Incest aside. I'm surprised that having some sort of like crazy genetic thing like this, that it didn't inherently come with like greater risk for certain illnesses. Yes. Um, And then you throw incest into the mix and it's like, how, how question mark period, the end. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah. Yep. So that's the blue Fugates. And if you're interested and if you're intrigued, please Google them. I mean, it is very interesting. What a ride. To say the least. Um, I've known about this family for a long time. It like it floats around social media every so often. You know, you'll see a yeah a random little thumbnail, and then you get intrigued and you gotta watch it. Of course, and that's always me. And that's you. <laughs> that's, I'm that's a sucker crazy. for a good thumbnail. So there you have it: the Blue Fugates of Troublesome Crick, Kentucky. That's. Really, that was a really cool finding. I actually didn't know that existed at all. And so now I've learned something new today. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm happy to educate. (laughs) I'm also sorry to anybody from Kentucky that's listening to this. I shit all over your state, the majority of this, and I'm sorry. You're not all incest. But let's admit that there's probably a fraction of you. (laughs) I mean, there are a fraction of you. The Blue Fugate lives there, so. Yeah. There's a fraction. <laughs> There's a fraction of you. Totally different arena for me. Mine's uh, potentially ghosties. Potentially not. Potentially a big farce, we'll say. I'm covering the Dodalston message, messages. Messages. <laughs> when I was a kid, I couldn't say message. And my cousin Kate, not cousin Caitlin, but I, I also have a cousin Kate who had me record, mm-hmm. like, a voicemail for her. And all I said was, don't be a noodle head. Leave a mechajidge. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, today we're covering the Dodleston mechages. Um, And this is from listener Stephanie. So thank you, Stephanie. Snaps for Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. So <clears throat> here's, here is the, the big overarching thing behind the Dodleston messages. This is a phenomenon dating back to, like, the mid-'80s. Which, God bless. I wish I was alive in the 80s. I think I would have thrived with big hair and I loud eyeshadow. I would have thrived. Yeah, I think mm. I would have. I'm going to say this. 
my husband and I want to do a vow renewal and we are toying with the idea of a prom themed and Cassie immediately said you would 80s that up. I would. Well, because Corey and I discussed having an 80s themed wedding. Yes. Which I kind of wish yes, now you we did. had gone that route. But anyway, <laughs> regardless, it's a phenomenon dating back to the mid 80s in which this household in the British village of Dodleston in Cheshire. So, of course, this is we're in England. So there's going to be 45 yep. fucking names to this town. Anyway, they allegedly received messages, messages on their computer from a farmer <laughs> in the 16th century. So their computer received messages wow. from a 16th century farmer. And from now on, it's only messages. So this seemingly paranormal event has been documented by a man named Ken Webster, who was one of the occupants of the household at the time. <clears throat> and of course, he wrote a book about it called The Vertical Plane. There was also a 1996 episode of Out of This World that featured this. And also there's a YouTube channel called Nostalgia Nerd. Anyway, what are these and, and how much truth is to all this shit? So it was 1984. Ken Webster, along with his girlfriend, Debbie, and then they had like a, like a roommate, Nick. They went out to visit a friend for a couple hours one evening. I'm assuming they went down to the pub or some <laughs> shit like that. Anyway, <clears throat> upon their return, Ken decides to check the upstairs BBC microcomputer. What a throwback. And yeah. it had been, it, they, they had left it on. Um, and mostly he wanted to look at some of the work that their roommate Nick was doing. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I couldn't find what the deal was with that. But anyway, to his surprise, he opens up um, something called Edward Word Processor. So I guess this is like one of the OG word processors. And I also like that it was Edward Word. It was the word. start. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he finds a message. And it says, now, okay, bear with me, because some of this stuff, like, as we go on, is in, like, a little bit of ye old English, so it's, like, weird, okay? But this says... Gotcha. Ken, Deb, and Nick, true are the nightmares of a person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn, pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and withers in the burning light. Get out your bricks. Pussycat, pussycat, went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must not be lost, for this shall be your redeemer. If I, I saw that shit on my computer, I would have tossed my fucking computer out the window. Are you kidding me? We don't have time for this behavior from Edward. Not Bird. today. Not, not today. today. So this is kind of like, I mean, there's nothing outwardly like that spooky about this poem. But like when I first read it, I was like, this is some creepy shit. Yeah. Right. So, anyway, it couldn't theoretically be explained by the three residents of this home at the time. And so the computer, a BBC micro, had been borrowed from the school where Ken worked as a teacher. And not long after receiving this message, the computer was returned, and another wasn't borrowed until February. So it's been a couple months. And it was here that again, uh, so February 1985, it was here that again another message was received after an evening where the computer was left turned on again. And this time it was a completely different tone and grammar style. So here comes like some of the ye old English now. Okay. The message in the file reads as follows. I write on behalf of many, write spelled W-R-Y-T-E. So this is like how we're operating, just some background. Okay. What strange word is thou speak, although I must confess I hath also been ill-schooled. Sometimes methinks alterations are somewhat barful, for they break many asleep in mine bed. Thou art goodly man who hath fanciful woman who dwell in mine home. I hath no want affray, for only only sight mine hath waited, antic has ripped, 
A twain mine bound hath I been rest a night. I don't know what any of this means. It's all yield. I hath seen many alterations lasting charge house and now home. Tis a fitting place with lights which devil maketh and costly things that only mine friend Edmund Gray can afford or the king himself. Twas a great crime to have bribed mine house and it was signed L.W. So it was now that Webster and his friends realized that something like fucking weird is happening because they're like, who the fuck wrote these weird words? Who the fuck is L.W. and Edmund Gray? And why is this the writer of this message assuming that someone had like stolen his home essentially? So most importantly, how the fuck did these messages get onto the computer, right? Most people that Ken Webster confided in about this, they dismissed it as a prank, which frankly I would too. But the computer wasn't connected to any sort of network. This was like before like, you know, widespread internet and everything. So this couldn't be really that easily explained away. Um, There was a fellow teacher and friend of Webster's, Pete Trinder, and he had a closer look at the message and he deduced it to be Middle English from the 16th century. And if you've ever read like Chaucer or like Canterbury Tales or like anything like that, you'd recognize this shit. I fucking hate this shit. I had a whole college course on this shit and I still don't get it. Anyway, he posited that the theory uh, that whoever they were communicating with, they spoke in this grammatical inflection. And so the trio, so that would be uh, Ken, Debbie, and Nick, they reply in the same file and they ask who LW is. They ask about this person's life. They ask who Edmund Gray is, why and how they're being contacted, and what, the, what they should do next. And so a day passes, and lo and behold, they get a reply. And through the next several messages, <clears throat> Webster is able to discern intel on where, when, and who this mysterious LW acquaintance is. LW is Lucas Wayneman, a man from the mid-1540s who seemed to have lived on the same plot of land that the Webster's house now occupied. And what made the evidence more compelling was through his coworker Peter's um, assessment of the messages, which pinpointed the tone, grammar, and lexis that fit within the 16th century within Cheshire, the region itself. So due to the lack of travel options many centuries ago, dialect and language back then would have um, like differed pretty dramatically between different counties in the UK just because things were relatively isolated, right? So... Trinder even tried to send messages separate from the rest of the group and then delete them to ensure that neither of them were the perpetrators of this weird, like, shit that was going on. So, things take an even stranger turn because Webster writes back to Lucas, mentioning that he's from 1985, and the reply he receives complicates things even further. It says, um, You said your time be 1985. Me thought you were also from 2109, like your friend whom did bring... I don't know what Leem's voice to pray is. And it tells us, I, that's right, because I looked it up. So it turns out that Lucas wasn't only communicating to this group of people from 1985, but Lucas is actually apparently communicating with another party in the year 2109. So now we have basically three timelines here. And the Leem's voice mentioned in his message translates to a box of lights or some kind of computer or communication device, we're assuming. So curious to discover what would happen, Webster decides to use this computer to write to the future with the simple message of calling 2109, and then he gets a reply. And it says, try to understand that you three have a purpose that shall in your lifetime change the face of history. We, 2109, must not affect your thoughts directly, but give you some sort of guidance that will allow room for your own destiny. All we can say is that we are all part of the same God, whatever he is. 
So now we have these three timelines. We have Lucas in the 1540s. We have Ken, Nick, and Deb in 1985. And we have this person simply known as 2109 from theoretically the year 2109. You follow? Yeah. It's, <laughs> this is so, a roller coaster. I know. Not only that, but the individual or group of individuals from 2109, because we don't really know, because they all refer to themselves as like a singular they, yeah. uh, claim that Webster and his friends are involved with a higher purpose based on that message. So from here, it gets even weirder. Lucas's real name is revealed to be Thomas Harden in subsequent messages. Debbie, Webster's partner, also claims to have visions of him. And when Trinder decides to interfere with the messages, Trinder being Ken's coworker, He's yeah. warned by 2109 that he is threatening the mission that these this trio has. So they're basically like, fucking stop. Wow. So, and that's that's kind of like it. So, like, there are a few theories behind this. Um, I'm a little skeptical personally, but for starters, Lucas's messages are filled with inconsistencies. Some of the information he provides about the 16th century is not correct. And some of the grammar he uses in certain parts of the messages aren't quite accurate while other parts are. And then we also have this whole thing where Ken decides to write this science fiction novel called The Vertical Plane, right? And Mm -hmm. my thought is he probably thought it'd be great marketing for this vertical plane to be based on a true story. And so then he invents this whole thing and they do this whole thing. He invents this whole story. You know what I mean? Um, I'd probably have like less trouble believing in all this if within the book and also in this thing, he'd left out the plot twist of there being a third party of individuals from 2109. So to me, I don't think that I believe that any of this is actually happening. I'm kind of on the side of, yeah, this is some sort of weird marketing technique. Writers have done weirder things. Big time. And like, you know, it certainly was a weird ride studying this and reading about this. And for a while there, I was like, holy shit, like maybe. And then I was like, no, 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 no. I think also like, I mean, for me, if this had taken place now, for sure, a hundred percent, I would have been like, this is a hoax. Somebody's hacking into something or like whatever. Yeah. Given that it was like 1984 and five, whatever. And things were like tech technology wasn't what it is now that had me going like, Oh, well, I don't know, maybe. Cause like, you know, there's this whole supposed known phenomenon that like ghosts can communicate through electrical devices and blah, 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 blah. But I just think it's all bogus. Also, there was no real why behind it. Like 2109 was like, you guys have a higher purpose. And then meanwhile, Lucas was like, you're living on my land. And it's like, okay, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, what do you think? It also gives me this vibe of, like, time travel. Yeah, big time travel energy, for sure. Right? There's just, there's so much going on that it's hard to believe. Does that make sense? Like, there's so many, like, look over here, look over here, look over here. I kind of Moments. Yeah, big time. Because I think the problem with a lot of these paranormal stories there's a couple of things for me. One, exactly what you're saying. The more complicated they make it, the less believable it is. If you want to truly pull yeah. off a hoax, stick to simple. Um, yeah, stick to simple. Stay on the same timeline that you have. Yeah, yeah, right. Same on the same theme that you have. You're not going to get my attention by 
popcorning around Bing bonging all because then I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? The other thing that I have uh, um, issues with with a lot of these like paranormal stories is the second I find out that people have done something to monetize, it's gone. Yeah, this guy wrote a book. Then he was featured on a TV show. Then, like, there was a YouTube channel. There's the 15 minutes of fame. There's right the 15 there. minutes of fame. It's the same thing with, like, supposed hauntings, like, with the fucking Ed and Lorraine Warren. They're constantly with the I was just thinking of them. Shit. Yep. Or, like, some of these other ones where it's, like, all of a sudden now they've got books out about their experiences, and they have this, and they have that. And it's, like, it's the ones where they don't write books. It's the ones where they don't try to seek any kind of Where they of keep it to themselves, and they don't really want to be noticed by it. That makes yeah. me go, yeah, I believe that 100%. Right. There was like this one poltergeist one that I covered a little while back and I'm totally blanking, but it was in England. And the people like 0% wanted any kind of, they, they didn't want to be in newspapers. They didn't, they just wanted this issue solved. Like they, yeah. they didn't write books. They didn't do movie deals. They didn't anything. Um, and I was like, yeah, I believe this a little bit more because now the money motive's gone. Everybody, it all boils yeah. down to a buck. It always fucking does. So Personally, it was really cool to read about. I don't believe it. I don't buy this stuff for a second, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm i not me. buying it. It was too much. Again, like I said, look over here, look over here, look over mm-hmm. here. Now I've got a book. Yeah. You know what it is? It's like the same shit that's going on in our country right now because they're like, there was a weather balloon. And then they were like, and it was Chinese. UFO! Like, UFOs. And then they're like, wait, we've got a chemical spill. Wet. And it's like, hold on, guys. Calm down one thing at a time (laughs) one thing at a time guys jesus so anyway that's um i'm with you i think if they really wanted this to be like a legit they should have just kept it simple and then like yeah we're communicating with this ghost from the 16th century done i would have believed that a little bit more yeah anyway that's the the dodelston dodelston i don't know how you say it but that's the messages all i think of is dodo bird the dodo bird messages everybody there you so, go this was yeah so anyway thank you again stephanie it was a lot of fun to read about but personally i am on the edge of i don't i don't buy this really yeah because they I didn't also the bring in any outside sources really to test this thing they were like oh and we had my coworker take a look at it and it's like okay but you guys are known to be friends and it's like yeah. oh me and they my would be on board with it like you know what me i mean my, yeah yeah so i don't know anyway that's the that's the dodelson messages let us know what you think um, I mean, have you heard about this? Have you heard, heard about, about either of the things that we blue talked pugets, about today? Yeah. Uh, this was a this was a wild fucking episode. This was fun. This was fun. This was fun. Um, yeah, I've got nothing else. Uh, if you start getting you know 16th century message messages on your computer, chances are somebody's hacked you. So just remember that and check all your yep. shit. And if your skin turns blue, it should already go be get blue checked out. It's a genetic disorder, and so that's it. Yep. <laughs> And until next time, stay strange. <laughs>